Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. As Yonola Sandra always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job. It's part of me. Giannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember! So Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much, and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face-to-face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, your beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, But it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there. My name is Martin Estadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. And it's not a Wednesday, so as you'll know, that means it's time for an emergency bonus episode because, James... The UK have revealed their entry for Eurovision 2023. Yeah, we were with you on Wednesday and we were chatting then, weren't we? We were saying we shouldn't be too far away from an announcement. Turns out it was like 24 hours, maybe even less, uh, from when you were listening on Wednesday. Yeah, it's going to be May Muller with I Wrote a Song for the UK this year. You made it sound there like her song was literally called I Wrote a Song for the UK this year, which is quite long. It'd be quite long to fit on the screen, wouldn't it? I'm Rob. Hello, by the way. I don't think I introduced myself, but you probably know that already. Yeah, really exciting that we have the UK's entry now. We can breathe again. All of the anticipation, all of the speculation can end. James can stop leading everybody up a garden path about who might be representing the UK. You got anything to say for yourself? Uh, no comment. Although, did I lead people up a path? I'm not sure I did, did I? I didn't, it was just teasing. No, we, <laughs> we got a message on Twitter today asking whether you were going to apologise for sending people up the Rina Sawayama path. Hey, that's just social media for you, you know, you've got to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have got a bonus episode for you today where we are going to find out more about this year's UK Act. As James has already said, it's May Muller. So we are going to chat to some journalists who know her, who have interviewed her, including one that interviewed her at the very start of her career over five years ago. We're also going to be chatting to the UK fans as well. 
and the president of OGAE UK is here to give his reaction to our entry this year. And Rob's been doing some proper journalism to try and get a comment from one of our old teachers as well. So we've got all that and more still to come. You're listening on Acast and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Euro Trip. Yeah, here we go then. It's a Friday. Not our usual day of release. As uh, Rob said earlier, it calls for an emergency bonus episode always when uh, when there's something UK or BBC related uh, because it's been a very, very busy and exciting week. Of course, tickets went on sale earlier in the week and then we get the, the UK artist announcement as well. Yeah, I don't know why, by the way, there has been so much kind of nervous anticipation about when the UK Act would be released, because it's turned out that the UK Act for 2023 has been announced on exactly the same day as the UK Act for 2022. So I don't know if you remember, but when Sam Ryder was announced as the UK Act, me and you had just got on a flight to Stockholm. Do you remember that? We were heading over for the Melfest final last year. Yeah, so we we brought you a bonus episode all about the UK from Stockholm. <laughs> My head couldn't quite get in, into the right headspace actually last year, so it makes it a bit easier uh, that we're still in the UK this year. So where were you then for the big announcement on Thursday morning? I was not very not very glamorous, I'm afraid, actually. Uh, I was in my car driving to work. Were you actually driving or were you so excited that you had to pull over? No, 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 I was, yeah, I was still driving. I managed to contain the excitement and stay on the road. So yeah, just driving into work. What about you? Were you heading into work? Were you still at home? Where were you? So I was working from home and honestly, maybe this is too much information for the listeners. I was half dressed. I had, <laughs> I had mistimed my breakfast and shower. So I was dressing at the time. And then I looked at what the time was and I thought, I need to put the BBC Sounds app on. And (laughs) Rylan was already on with Zoe Ball on the Radio 2 Breakfast Show. So yes, I put it on at just the right time. Yeah, you mentioned there, of course, it was announced on Thursday morning on the Radio 2 Breakfast Show with Zoe Ball. Uh, Rylan was there as well. He'll be commentating on the semi-finals uh, on the BBC coverage this year. Uh, should we hear that moment, Rob? Shall we remind ourselves of what happened a little bit earlier on Thursday morning uh, when May Muller was announced? Rylan, you are currently sat next to this year's UK Eurovision artists. I can smell them. Oh, you can smell them. I, and I they smell them. fantastic, Gorgeous. can I say. Gorgeous. And they look incredible. Should we do it? Oh, Let's people do it. Are like, oh, get on with it. Come on. Would you get on with it? Um, mystery pop star, please reveal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I am May Muller and I am representing the UK in this year's Eurovision! My favourite part about that is you can just hear how excited, obviously, Rylan and Zoe are, but how excited May Muller is to be representing the UK at Eurovision this year. Just so nice, isn't it? How invested these artists are now in Eurovision when they're representing the UK. Yeah, we shouldn't really understate that as well, because I think that's one of the aspects of an artist that... They should always carry that enthusiasm, the fact that they just get Eurovision, they get what it's all about. And May showing that enthusiasm and commitment to it on Thursday morning was just so, I was going to say refreshing, but Sam brought that last year, didn't he? Sam Ryder just brought this whole new energy and May Muller seems to be carrying it on this year. Yeah, I think she really captures that in this. This was my favourite bit of her short interview on The Breakfast Show this morning. But I just love what she says here. You've got to go big and you've got to do it right. And I feel like this is just obviously 
such a level up from anything I've ever done and I can really feel it and I feel like everyone else will feel it as well and it's just gonna be just the biggest like dance party ever it just sounds like she gets it James that's the thing it sounds like she gets it she gets the mission Sam got the mission last year May gets the mission this year yeah it's just all about that full package isn't it we always talk about what an artist needs to bring to Eurovision. You know, the the artist has got to have a good voice, they've got to perform well, they've got to have a great song. But I always think they need that little bit of charisma as well, something that can really go through the TV camera and people can latch onto. And I think her energy and her enthusiasm, I think people are going to love her. Well, you mentioned it's got to be a great song. We, of course, have the song. James, the song is called... I wrote a song. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, we haven't heard any of it yet, have we? I'm sure you're listening to this and you've listened to it maybe on repeat, maybe once, who knows? But let's have a reminder of this year's UK entry. Yeah, James, this is it. It's a bop, isn't it? It really, really is. You know, the first time that we we heard a clip of this, uh, you know, May has been teasing this on our TikTok as well for for about seven to ten days already. So maybe people have already been hearing it before it was released. But that hook, you know, that part of the chorus, it sticks with you. Are, are you laughing at the way I say hook? I, I was laughing at the way you said hook. Yeah, you were particularly Geordie in that. But also, as we were discussing before we started recording this this bonus episode... Cannot wait for the next few weeks because May Muller, in your accent, is tremendous. <laughs> yeah, the hook of May Muller's song. Yeah, <laughs> hilariously, I was I was on uh, BBC Radio Wales on Thursday morning and I said the word hook and I got asked again to repeat the word because they liked the sound of it so much. Uh, anyway, and, and enough about me. Uh, we were talking about we were talking about the song. Yeah, it, it sticks with you, doesn't it? It's really catchy. It's really memorable, and you always need that little part of the song that's going to stick with people so when it gets to the voting they always remember what it's going to be um so potentially for may this year that's going to really stick with people when it comes to the voting well we can only hope can't we shall we get to some of the brilliant people that we have spoken to for today's bonus episode later on in the podcast we are going to hear from vaughan staples who is the president of ogae uk the uk's fan club at the eurovision song contest we're also going to hear from some of you, some of the fans who've been giving us your thoughts on May's song. Thank you very much for sending those in. We're going to hear from some journalists now, though, some people who know May really well, because that's what we want to give you today. We want to give you an insight into the woman representing the UK this year. So we're going to hear from Nick Levine shortly. I'll tell you more about him in a second. But James, who's first up? Yeah, let's first chat to Jess Izzat. She is a presenter on BBC Radio 1. Uh, you'll have heard her on BBC Radio London as well. She presents BBC Introducing there. So she's really in and amongst the music scene in the capital city, which, of course, is where May Muller is from. She is uh, She's London-born and bred. So Jess Izzat has been sort of following her career over the last few years. So we invited Jess on. We wanted to find out a little bit more about May's early career and kind of what she's been doing over the last couple of years or so. So should we get to it? This is what happened when I caught up with Jess uh, on Thursday afternoon. Jess Izzat, welcome to the Eurotrip. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? 
Very good, thank you. It's great to have you on. It's You're not somebody, I must admit, that I ever thought we'd have on the Euro trip, but I have it on good authority that you know a little bit about May Muller, and of course that's what we're here to talk about. So, first of all, we should start with the song. We'll get a bit of background about May shortly, but uh, we've just heard the song today. I wrote a song. It's her song for Eurovision this year. What are your initial thoughts? I actually think it's such a banger. I remember hearing her... Oh, it was probably 2019 when she first got her music to us. So that's definitely when we first got to know her. And she was very much sort of singer-songwriter, but with a bit of an edge. I remember she was getting compared to that swag that Lily Allen has. But then obviously she's, yeah, a singer at heart. So we were like, oh, okay, this is the route she's going down. And often at BBC Introducing, we get artists in their very early stages. So you're hearing their raw demos, you're hearing just their very first and honest feel. But you never really know what road it's going to take in terms of their sound. And then she went down a very pop route, which... It's funny because if you meet her, you know that she's a lot edgier than that. And again, like that Lily Allen sort of sarcastic swag and, and wit that she's got about her. We were like, oh, it's interesting that she's doing this. And then, yeah, now she's landed on this sound, which I think really combines her songwriting and her edge and her voice. But then in terms of the sound, it's pretty polished, isn't it? And also very dancey, which I think is very of the moment. And it's clear that she's been working with all the right people. And I'm just, I'm buzzing. The news came out today and I'm buzzing. What was your initial reaction then when, when you heard the song? You know, she's been teasing on TikTok for for about a week or so already to try, you know, get that sort of public feel to begin with. But when you heard the song for the first time, you what was your initial reaction? Right, I'll be honest, I was in the rain and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my days. Like, literally, I'd rolled out of bed super early. Like, I'm a night owl, I'll be honest. And um, it was raining. It's grim in London. It was wet. I'm wearing new shoes. I was really upset. And then I listened to the song. And actually, it was a group chat that let me know that she was uh, she was selected and the news was out. So obviously, I went and looked it up. And then the song was with it. So then I was listening to the song. And... I'm just, yeah, I'm really, really buzzing. I'm so gassed for her. She's going to be amazing. Also, I was so surprised. Yeah, I think we all were. She isn't necessarily like the name you would have put to Eurovision. You know, after the last few years the UK's had, it hasn't always been like an artist we know of. So May seemed like a a bit of a surprising choice to many of us, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sam Ryder was actually the first person that kind of got me onto it. Eurovision is something that I hear lots of people talk about and they kind of talk about it in the same way as with like the football, like Euros, when people only get together for that one thing and then everyone's got like bets on what is it called again like where you put the bet on like you like get the sweepstake the, the sweepstake and like that's <laughs> all I ever heard of the Eurovision before and I also heard it was kind of cheesy and a little bit like you know just guilty pleasure vibes last year obviously Sam Ryder flying the flag like a knight in shining armor with the teeth and the hair and the voice (laughs) and just the smile and i remember i'd done my show here at introducing and uh radio london and i went back and i just watched it on my own and it was like the best thing ever and i was like you know what next year i'm actually gonna watch it and then all of a sudden may miller has been announced as the person who's gonna fly our flag and I I actually did see a rumour that it was going to be Rina Sawayama and she also addressed that on her TikTok and it did get me thinking. I was like, wow, she'd be insane. But 
I mean, hats off to May Miller. It's amazing. Yeah, she seems like a great choice. She's full of charisma. And, like, is that the sort of side of May you've seen? You know, you've been playing her music on Introducing in London. It, she seems like a really fun and engaging person. Do you sort of get that vibe from her, you know, ever since playing her music in the early days as well? Yeah, so I think, again, going back to hearing her demos and you hear the talent and then you sort of, in the lyrics, hear this, like, edge and this bite that kind of wants you, makes you want to hear more. And then I remember meeting her. We had this showcase at the Lexington. We do a BBC Introducing Night there every first Thursday of the month. And it's artists from all over the country. And I was hosting that evening and she turns up in like the coolest tracksuit ever. She had a grill in her teeth. And like, you just think, <laughs> wow, you are not this sweet pop star that maybe I thought was going to turn up and just be like, not a diva, but like, you know, kind of have a different energy. She was so down to earth, so charismatic, so personable, but also just so funny as well. And she also went on this huge Little Mix tour too, which was very cool. But then after that, she kind of went away and worked on her craft. And I think maybe reassessed with which direction she wanted to go in. And I think it's okay that she fits in both worlds. So I feel like... Eurovision is going to be such an amazing way for people to get to know her and then also hear this amazing voice that she's got as well. And for other upcoming artists like May, who's been through the BBC Introducing System, who started to upload the music to like SoundCloud back in the early days, this must be a huge motivation for you know the next generation of, of singers and songwriters to show that you can get through this BBC system and then you can go on to huge things like Eurovision as well. It's an interesting one because I think in the heyday of X Factor as well, you'd think, is this a route or like, you know, the voice as well? And you think every artist is completely different. There are some who are super muso and they couldn't think of anything worse than being in the limelight. They just want to write their songs and be in their bedrooms. Like I've had many bands come in and the main singer isn't even the person who likes to do the interviews. You've got that end of the spectrum and then you've got another end of the spectrum where these people just are so like a fish to water and can just light up a screen light up a room and I think May Miller is one of those I think this is definitely an avenue and I think that having support from the grassroots up and you know like I said May Miller's not just had a straight journey with her music and her sound she's tried out different things and we've been here along the way to support her with whatever direction she goes down I think even at some point she's had uh, a change in her behind the scenes team that she's had as well I'm not really 100% sure but either way when her name crops up in our inbox we know her we know her personality we know that she's talented and that we love her and we'll always support her. And I think in the early stages, knowing that we'll still be here and you can go on to do these things, it will enable you to find yourself and then reach this height. I think it's only a good thing, yeah. Now, Jess, I know you probably haven't heard a lot of the other songs that are in Eurovision this year, which is fine, <laughs> but what do you think Europe are going to think about this song? Do you think do you think May might stand at, you know, a decent chance at getting some votes uh, across Europe during Euro Eurovision this year? That's it, isn't it? Because it's the other countries that, that actually provide the points. <laughs> I think that May is so charismatic. She's so likeable, but she's also very, like, br truly British in the way she is. But, like, not in a way that you're kind of tea with the Queen kind of vibe, in a way that... 
it makes you turn your head and you think, rah, this is this is sick. And she present like represents all of us. So I'm hoping that they're gonna get it. And again, like I've mentioned, her talent speaks for itself. She's an incredible singer. I hope that they get the lyrics too. I, I mean, the new song is, it's I wrote a song, so like hopefully they're gonna get that. I, yeah, I think she's gonna put on a wicked show. Yeah, fingers crossed, not long to find out. Well, it's something like 60 days until the final, so we won't have too long to wait. Uh, Jess, is that? thank you so much for joining us for a chat. Thank you for having me. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Great to get Jess Izzat here on the Eurotrip. Jess's debut, I think, on the Eurotrip podcast. Brilliant to have her on. Brilliant insight into May there. And it was really interesting what she was saying about how May kind of isn't afraid to, to reinvent herself, which is which is nice, which is good. We like that. An artist with a bit of creativity that's always willing to kind of push the boundaries of what they do in music. Yeah, and what I was saying near the end there as well, it, uh, it should be a great motivation for, you know, up and coming artists as well, who, you know, have gone through the BBC introducing system, who were uploading their music just to, you know, a very few followers online, and yet get to the point like May has now to perform at the Eurovision Song Contest. It must be a huge motivation for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. In a second, we are going to hear from someone else who knows May really well, someone who interviewed her when she was 18. So at the very, very start of her music career, he is the pop and LGBTQ writer Nick Levine. So we'll be hearing from him in a second. But James, would you like to hear what May's former head teacher has said of her (laughs) representing the UK this year? Yes, I do. I've been looking forward to this, actually. Right. So obviously, when we were planning today's episode, we were kind of reaching out, putting the feelers out, seeing who might be available to have a chat to us. So I managed to find out where May went to school. So she went to Fine Arts College in Hampstead, which is a lovely part of London. And I reached out to them. I said, any chance someone can pop on for an interview? Unfortunately, no one was available. However, they did do us the honour of sending us a little little statement. So this is from Candida Cave, who is the principal there. And this is really nice. I really, really like this. She said, May is an intelligent, talented young woman who was a delight to have at Fine Arts College. We look forward to seeing her light up the stage at Eurovision. We'll all be rooting over her on the night. Isn't that nice? They must be so proud, eh? To see one of their alumni get to get to the point where they can represent the country at Eurovision. You know, not many people can say that, can they? Do you reckon they're going to have a watch party? I'd have a watch party if I was the Fine Arts College in Hampstead on the, on the Saturday night. Oh, I reckon so. They should be very proud to have her as, uh, as, a, as alumni from, uh, from that school. The caretaker is busy ordering the bunting as we speak, I think. <laughs> I mentioned him earlier on. Let's hear from another one of the journalists who knows May really, really well now then. Still to come, Vaughan Staples, president of OGAE UK, and some of your thoughts on the song as well. But this is Nick Levine. He is a pop and LGBTQ writer. He's written for some huge publications like NME. And he was one of the people tweeting about May's song the minute it was released. So I thought we'd get him on. But obviously, I had to start by asking exactly what Nick thinks of May's entry for the UK this year. Having heard the full version, I think it's a really smart song because it sounds very Eurodance. It's the sort of song that you can imagine hearing in a club in like Mykonos or Grand Canary or anywhere in Europe. But it also feels like the sort of song that could be used on like a montage scene on Love Island. 
So it feels like a contemporary radio hit, but also something that feels very Euro. So I just think it's smart. And when I saw that it was co-written by Karen Paul, um, who's worked with a lot of kind of British pop faves, um, Sugar Babes, Will Young, as well as Kylie, it all kind of made sense because it's kind of got that conciseness that um, pop music from kind of 10, 15 years ago had that we don't necessarily hear now, um, but combined in a production that's very modern. So, yeah, it, do you know what? The whole thing just works for me. I'll ask you more about the the songwriters in, in a second because I'm really interested about that that part of the whole process. But let's talk about May, obviously. What can you tell us about her? If we, you know, are kind of coming in at a base level, we don't know too much about May Muller or who she is, what can you tell us about her? She's uh, an artist from North London who's been building, I think, probably since about 2018. She is one of those artists who, even if you don't know her name, you do probably know one of her songs, a song called um, Better Days that she did with a Swedish group called Naked, which was a huge radio hit all around the world. Um, so I guess if you want to kind of investigate May Muller a bit further, that's the kind of gateway song um, after her Eurovision song. But yeah, she's a, an artist who has been, as I say, building for the last few years, and this is her biggest opportunity yet. And I think as we've seen from, you know, her social media presence this morning and some of the interviews she's done, she's really going to grasp it with both horns. And Nick, you have had the opportunity to speak to her, haven't you? I know you've interviewed her in the past. Yeah, I interviewed her back in December 2018. In my mind, it wasn't quite as long ago as that. And it was very much a, an introducing one to watch feature. But I remember it quite vividly. I met her at a, a coffee shop in Covent Garden. And she was just like very down to earth, very relatable. I actually wrote in the piece that she was uh, confident, chatty, and immediately likable, which are all qualities that bode well for a, you know, a Europe-wide charm offensive. Um, but I remember thinking she was very... You know, quite self-deprecating for a pop star. She spoke about how she'd work and worked in American Apparel on Oxford Street for a few years um, before thinking, do you know what, I'm really going to go for the pop thing. Um, and she just seemed to me like the sort of person who's really kind of got their head screwed on well and knows that a career in the music industry is going to be pretty grueling. Um, and you have to take opportunities when they come. And I think, you know, the fact that she's going to do Eurovision kind of speaks to that. The way that you've described her there and her personality, it does sound like the the Sam Ryder blueprint, kind of. We're, we're almost on a on a similar line in terms of the type of artist that we're sending, even though obviously the, the song and entry itself is very different. I mean, I, I think Sam Ryder's got something that possibly no one else in the world has, which is that he can be super enthusiastic and likeable and almost slightly cheesy without ever being annoying. So I think it's quite hard to compare, compare anyone to him because he had just this you know, he kind of, the way he kind of um, attacked Eurovision was was quite unique. But I do think May seems like she's got a lot of energy and has a natural warmth and, and exuberance. And I think it will be really hard for uh, people across Europe to dislike her. Um, I think she's definitely going to bring the kind of the right positive vibes that we need um, that Sam last year showed us is really like a big, you know, a vital part of the process. And Nick, I don't know how long, you know, I, th I imagine you've been working in this industry for a long time. But, you know, we talk about May now, talked about Sam last year. If you talk about Eurovision in the UK more generally, I mean, are you seeing that shift? You know, how Eurovision is perceived among the music world and the music community now? I think there's definitely been a big shift in the last five years. Um, and I think that starts with, with 
has started with the Eurasian fans, actually. I think once uh, a number of media outlets identified that Eurasian has this huge fan base, young fan base, that wasn't ever spoken of in the in the kind of traditional media coverage of Eurovision in the UK. In the UK, there was always a kind of um, slightly sneering attitude. Sometimes that was affectionate, you know, it was seen as something that was a kind of guilty pleasure. Sometimes it was a lot snobbier than that. But I think once certain media outlets, particularly, um, you know, BBC, uh, Newsbeat, um, guys like Daniel Rosny, really identified that Eurovision has this huge young fan base across Europe really engage with it and not on a level that's kind of looking down on it um i think that has slowly filtered through into the industry generally um i'm seeing i mean i you know i know best from a writer's perspective and i write for a lot of different outlets and definitely in the last three or four years outlets i write for who probably wouldn't have covered eurovision very much in the past other than the winner's article if something controversial happens and now covering it a lot more because they know that it's hugely popular um and i think that process probably was sped up um, by Sam last year. The fact that we did so well has helped it, but I think it was happening anyway. Does that put more pressure on May, do you think, from a from a music industry in the UK perspective? You say the result isn't as good, you know, it might still be a top 10, it might still be a, a left-hand side of the board, but if the result's not as good, can the momentum continue, do you think? I think so. I mean, look, do you know what? If she gets top 10, I'd be thrilled. I mean, I know second last year was amazing, but compared to what we've had... <laughs> <laughs> in the last 10, 50 years, I mean, top 10 would be amazing. Um, I mean, it would be really, really gutting if she went and, you know, ended up in the, the bottom two or three, which is what we we kind of got used to for so long. But um, no, I, I think even if even if it doesn't go quite as well as we'd hope this year, although, as I say, I am really optimistic, I think the fact that Sam proved it was possible, that won't be forgotten straight away. I would, I would hope anyway. I'd hope that um, whatever happens this year, we've, we've, we've kind of shown that we are contenders again. And Nick, before you go, I've got to talk to you about the the songwriting team on this as well. I know May was heavily involved in writing the song, but tell us more about the other people that are behind this entry this year. Well, one of the co-writers is Karen Paul, who um, among UK pop fans is, you know, very respected songwriter. She's written for Kylie Minogue, Will Young, Sugar Babes. She was one half of Alicia's Attic, who were... <laughs> A big band in the mid-90s, I mean, they're very much, they existed in their own little time. They're around for a few years in the mid-90s and they've never reformed or anything. Um, so, I, you know, I, I guess younger fans might not know who they are, but they were kind of this quite interesting um, mid-90s pop group who were kind of positioned as kind of like an alternative kind of pop group. They kind of slotted in quite nicely in the Britpop scene at the, at the time. Had a huge song called I Am I Feel that I swear has probably been used on a gazillion adverts over the years. Um, so that was Karen Paul's background. She was in that band with her sister, Shelley, who's also written songs. She wrote for Rachel Stevens. But Karen has got a really impressive kind of writing discography. If you look her up, you'll be like, wow, like she did that song, she did that song. So I think the fact that this song is written by her is, is really interesting. And I think it does, I think you can kind of hear it in the song. I mean, there's so many elements going on. You've got this kind of like Eurodance production. You've got the fact that it could work well on a show like Love Island, but you've also got this kind of like conciseness that reminds me of pop from 15 years ago. And you've got a spoken word bit as well, which I think is such a good call because you can imagine that bringing a bit of texture um, to performance. So even if like at the grand final, May's performing between two other big dance bangers, they're probably not gonna have a spoken word bit that completely changes things up. So I think that's gonna really help it stand out, especially if, if it's kind of highlighted in the staging. So yeah, overall, like, I mean, you know, 
As Eurovision fans, we can overanalyze everything to death and we probably won't know how much of a chance she's got into rehearsals. But I am, the more I think about it, the more excited I'm getting. Nick, it's been brilliant to get you on, to get that insight into May and, and the entry more generally. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been really fun. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to The Eurotrip, your favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. A big thanks to Nick, then, for joining us on this bonus emergency episode of the Eurotrip. Another person actually making their debut here on the podcast. I, I love that as well, uh, about the fact that Maze, what was it, uh, Andy is a, is, a, is a director. So, yeah, she could be getting some uh, tips and advice and very, very close to home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hopefully she's not going to step on Dan Shipton's toes, but you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I think we, we're going to get some very exciting staging from, from the UK Eurovision this year. I'm, I'm very confident now. It was very funny, wasn't it? For so many years, we've always been sceptical of the UK staging at Eurovision. You know, massive white trumpets aside, obviously. <laughs> but ever since Sam last year, it's suddenly like, well, obviously they'll nail that, that'll be fine. But I'm sure they've got something exciting planned, especially if the music video is anything to go by. But yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, We think it's exciting. And by the sounds of things, you, the fans, are excited as well. We saw loads of chatter on Thursday morning when May was officially announced. And we thought we'd love to hear from some of you. Uh, So that's exactly what we've done. So yeah, here's some of your thoughts on May's entry for the UK this year. Hello, it's Rachel here. I am a super fan and consultant at the Eurovision exhibition in Iceland. And I have just watched the UK entry by May Muller. And I have to say, I really like it. It's catchy right from the first listen. I I think I'm going to be singing it all day. It's a really credible song. I could imagine it in the UK charts at the moment. So I think that's a really good sign. Um, She has such long nails. And this is a thing this year. I've noticed this. Lorena, her Melfest performance, had super long nails. I think long nails are going to be like the silver leotard from 2021 they're going to be everywhere um aside from that i think the song is really strong i think a lot will depend on staging uh, and obviously with the uk we we never really know that into the until the night so let's wait and see but i'm excited hi guys it's hannah here 
long-time listener, first-time caller, just thought I'd send you some of my thoughts on the song we're sending to Eurovision this year. Been on a bit of a journey with this song. Last night I listened to a snippet, not to my taste at all, but I woke up this morning and thought I'm going to be positive and wait for the whole thing. And now that I've heard the whole song and I've watched the video, which slaps by the way, I am so excited to see what happens in Liverpool in May. I think there's so much potential and I think we could do quite well. I don't think we'll win. I think we're all quite clear it's Lorene's year if she gets chosen. Um, but I th- I'm really positive. It's an absolute bop and I think it's going to go off in the hall. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing it. Bye. Gosh, we finally got the reveal from the UK, but boy, it was worth it. May is a great selection. The first female to represent the UK since Suri. And I'm pretty sure with the song, it's the uh, first female pop banger since Javine's Touch My Fire, which I used to be obsessed with. Um, Yeah, the song is so catchy, filled with hooks, and that chorus is an absolute earworm. I can see so much staging potential with this. And May is a pro, so I cannot wait to see what she does. This is the right direction for the UK. Sophie here. I'm so happy that the UK are bringing an up-tempo banger for this year's Eurovision entry. I think as the host nation, it's our job to get the party started. And what better way to do that than with a really current Joel Corey sounding vibe that has dominated our charts in recent years. I think it needs that little bit of extra kick for the live. And I think they know that from last year too with Sam. So I'm really excited and good luck May. Hope she does well. So thank you in no particular order there to Sophie, to Hannah, to Rachel and to Kyriakos from Aussie Vision who sneaked in there as well for (laughs) giving us your thoughts on the UK at Eurovision this year. A nice little curveball there to get an Aussie on as well. You know, the, the, the three Brits and the, the Aussie is a nice curveball there. Very unexpected. But lovely to hear from Kyriakos, nonetheless. I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't disregard him. We've got to get the international perspective in, haven't we? That's the thing. Like We've got to, got to find out what the people who can actually vote for the song think of the song. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe that was some of my thinking there. Talking of which, actually, we put a poll out on Twitter about kind of where people think the UK may place at Eurovision this year. And we said specifically, please only vote for this one if you're a non-UK based fan. So obviously these are the people who can vote for the song. Uh, The options were top five, top 10, top 15 or 16th and below. People have said top 15, which honestly, I think I'd be quite happy with just going into it. I think that's still building on Sam's performance last year and it would be a respectable result, especially as the hosts. But just above that is the next most popular option, top 10. If May can get us a top 10 in Liverpool, we'll be dancing down the Mersey, won't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, casual fans, people who just watch on the night for the grand final, always think you've got to win or get top five or top 10 for a really good result and to build on that success afterwards. But, you know, we learned from Rosalind last year, represented Armenia with the song Snap. She finished 20th, but is now, I think, the most streamed song from the 2022 contest. So, you know, you don't have to play it really highly uh, to have a, a, you know, a good result and a good career afterwards. 100%, absolutely. Well, let's get to the final person then that you're going to hear from on today's bonus episode, because flying the flag for the UK proudly in Liverpool will, as well as May Muller, of course, be the president of OGAE UK. He is Vaughan Staples and he is a very busy man. 
Of course, the OGAE are responsible for things like the Euro Club in Liverpool. So they've been organising that at Camp and Furness. Some very exciting events planned throughout the week there. Also involved in so many other things when it comes to Eurovision this year, with, of course, them being the host fan club. So I do ask Vaughan about that towards the end of our conversation because he's a very, 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 very busy man at the moment. But naturally, given that he is the president of the UK fan club, what do the UK fan club, or more specifically him, think of our entry this year? So these are his thoughts on May and how May may do in May. You know, I always say, look, I'm president of the fan club and, you know, and, and UK president, things like that. So this is my personal opinion. I love it. I absolutely love it. It is such... I mean, I love the up-tempo bangers. So you're already in my camp with this sort of song, but I love it. It's such an earworm. It's so catchy. Um, I can't help but sort of just start moving along and dancing to it. It's very easy to pick up, which at Eurovision, I think, is 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 key. Um, so, yeah, so I'm really, really thrilled with it. Really, really pleased. If you are to pick it apart a bit, what are the parts of it that you enjoy so much? I know you've mentioned a few of them there. The rhythm of it, I think, you know, and the fact that you can, it just, it ends, that chorus particularly just enters your head straight away and it gets you moving to it. You pick it up really quickly. Um, I really, really like that. It's, it's you know, it's, an, it's some empowering lyrics there, you know, someone's not been treated that well by somebody and, you know, but they're not going to dwell on it. They're going to move on and and and, and, and do, do a, good, a good thing. And of course, in Eurovision terms, she's writing a song. What more would we want to do? So, um, so yeah, so no, I just really like it. I think... You know, I have read today different different thoughts and stuff, and maybe people had certain expectations of the song or the singer. But you know what? Look, you know, from where we've come from for a few years, um, we would have given our left arm for a song like this. And I think it is about time we had a female uh, sort of empowered banger um sort of dance song you know so i i for me the bbc have done it again for me all the boxes have been ticked and i don't think they could have done much better if we take the uk thing away from it and we just look at it as a host entry so an entry from a host Mm -hmm. nation how do you view it that way because it's always such a difficult thing isn't it for the hosts when they're sending a song to eurovision because the the hosts never tend to do too well Let's yeah. So and and we're in this this really strange situation this year, which we didn't want to be in of hosting, but not having won. You know, we've so you know so this you know we still we still have that ability to win the contest. You know, we didn't win last year, but we are hosting the contest. And yeah, if you think about some of the songs that the host countries have done, they don't they don't uh, perform that well. Often they're normally at the bottom of the board. I think. Um, I think as a host entry, it's good. I think um, what it's done as well is this: it's so easy to copy the formula of last year. Um, look, I'm, 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 you know, we 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 may have gone down the Spanish route with this in terms of Spain song last year and gone for a female sort of up tempo number. I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, we haven't done that for quite some time. Um, but um, have we just gone and copied the winner? No. Have we gone and done exactly what we did last year? Absolutely not. I don't think this could be more further away from Spaceman. So, um, you know, I think, no, we, we've thought, no, what do we want to do? What Where do we want to go with this? And, and we've done that. And if you imagine the type of song that it is, up-tempo, as you said, in the mm-hmm. arena, I mean, that arena is mm-hmm. going to be jumping, isn't it, come Saturday? 
Yeah, I, I, and this is one of my my sort of book things, really. When when countries are choosing entries, and you think, have you thought about that bit that actually you perform this in an arena with an audience, um, and you've got to get that audience sort of a part of the show, you know? Uh, and I don't see how the audience cannot be part of that of this show, you know. Fantastic that standing is back this year in the arena. Um, so there's going to be lots of fans standing and be able to dance and, and move along. So I do think the audience are going to be key to this, um, doing well as well. Um, and, and yeah, already you've seen the music video for those who have watched it. You know, there are some dance moves being thrown around. Um, I, I really, really am excited about what, what they're going to do with the staging. As we know, that's sometimes where we really, I think, miss the mark with the staging. Um, and I really... I think, you know, we've learned with Spaceman uh, how to get that right. Uh, we've seen how all the countries can do really well with these up-tempo uh, numbers. So, yeah, I think if we get the staging right, it's going to be good. Vaughan, I can't have you here and not ask you about your, well, I was going to say with your other hat on, with your hat on, the main hat that you have on, of course, is yeah. the president of, of OGAE UK. With the UK hosting this year, as we've already said, on behalf of Ukraine, just how busy are you right now? What are we about two months away from the grand final? Um, yeah, it's been quieter in my life. Um, just before we started this record, I said like actually, um, roll on June. Uh, you know, I mean, no, I love I love Eurovision. It's going to be amazing in Liverpool. One thing I really want to say straight off is huge hats off to Liverpool City Council, the the Liverpool uh, Greater Region, you know, everyone in Liverpool. I have been going to Eurovisions for around 10 years, um, you know, and following the contest. I have never seen a city so enthusiastic and get so behind wanting to do so much stuff. There's going to be more than enough on for people coming to the city. We as the fan club obviously are, are hosting and organising along with Camp and Furnace, the official Euro club. So, uh, and, and there'll also be a Euro cafe and lots of other things. And we've partnered with museums and things like that and lots of different uh, organisations. We're also having input into the Eurovision Village and things. So it is incredibly busy. Also on the fan club side, um, you know, just before Sam's uh, great results, we were around 2,000 members. We're now at 6,500 members. So, you know, the, the biggest club by far in the network. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity. It's a great time to be a UK Eurovision fan. You can't not miss Eurovision at the moment. It's, a, it's the buzzword. Uh, and it's fantastic to be part of that. Um, I, it's a lot of work, but it's, I'm humbled. It's exciting. And I just think if you can make it to Liverpool, even if it's for an hour during that Eurovision week, please, please, please come because you're going to have the time of your life. What a place to finish. Vaughan, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it and hopefully see you in Liverpool. Pleasure to speak to you. Take care. See you there. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. Do you know what I've really loved about this episode of the Eurotrip is that at the start of the day, we didn't know who we were going to be speaking to. And it turns out we've spoken to three people who have never been on the podcast before. So big thanks to all three of them for joining us. But we also didn't know what they were going to say. We didn't know whether we were going to like the song, whether they weren't going to like it. We've got three people on and they all seem to like it. So surely, Rob, that bodes well. Yes, it does. Although all the people that said they could like it are from the UK and can't vote. But yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. 100%. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? There's a positive vibe again about the UK at Eurovision this year, which is nice. And this is already 
just following on from 2022. This is the vibe we want. You know, we saw on Thursday night the BBC doing a special broadcast with Scott Mills and May Muller just before The Apprentice. You know, their biggest TV show on Thursday evening. Like, that's huge for them to give our apps so much exposure. Like we would never have had that. Do you remember when our apps used to just be announced on the red button? Do you remember when that was <laughs> that was what we used to do back in the mid 2010s? And look at where we are now. Yeah, it's been a it's been a huge development, hasn't it, over the last few years. The the UK gets it, the public is on side. And yeah, hopefully for, for May in May. God, I tell you what, she's a headline writer's <laughs> dream, isn't she, May Muller? Uh, yeah, hopefully she, she's she, good she, well, she is. She is, yeah. Although I did see someone on Twitter put a potential headline, which is May gets mullered, which is obviously not the headline we want. <laughs> Still a headline writer's dream. Yeah, uh, hopefully she can capitalise on Sam's success from last year and just keep building that that huge positivity and, uh, and the reputation on, on the ink time as well. So yeah, best of luck to May in May. Yes, I think we've said May enough now, probably. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this bonus episode of the Euro Trip as the UK revealed their entry for 2023. Let us know your thoughts on everything you've heard, of course, at Euro Trip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. James, I'm stealing your bit. I'm going to stop. You carry on. Yeah, that's okay. You can follow us on there as well. And on TikTok, of course, we're at Euro Trip Podcast there. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com on the emails. And if you want to read more about what we do on the podcast, read some of our exclusive stories, head to EuroTripPodcast.com. And we'll be back with you on Monday for the series finale of Melfest Monday, of course. The Melody Festival comes to an end on Saturday night. So we'll be rounding up everything from the final on Monday. And then again with you on Wednesday for your regular episode of the Eurotrip. So in the meantime, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye.